Rumpelstiltskin always says that magic comes with a price. But for this price, you can get a nice piece of jewelry. Use code ONCEPOD for 10% off your first order at Unusual Magic Jewelry on Etsy. Click the link in the description. Hello, and welcome to the Once Again Podcast. We are your hosts, Ashley and Jason. In this episode, we will be looking at the 1992 film, The Muppet Christmas Carol, to celebrate the holiday season. In this series, we won't be doing a deep analysis of the film, or giving a bunch of behind-the-scenes facts, but rather giving our impressions to the overall film and the songs from the film. We'll also be giving a score to the film and ranking the songs, so make some cocoa, sit back, and enjoy the episode. I do love a good hot cocoa. Yeah. The Muppet Christmas Carol is a 1992 Christmas musical comedy directed by Brian Henson in his feature directorial debut from a screenplay by Jerry Jewell, adapted from the 1843 novella A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. It stars Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge alongside Muppet performers Dave Goles, Steve Whitmer, Jerry Nelson, and Frank Oz, which how great is Frank Oz, you know, like Yoda, the Muppets, great guy. Although artistic license is taken to suit the aesthetic of the Muppets, the Muppet Christmas Carol otherwise follows Dickens' original story closely. It is the fourth theatrical film in the Muppets franchise, and the first to be produced following the deaths of the Muppets creator, Jim Henson, and the performer, Richard Hunt. The film is dedicated to both. The film released in the United States on December 11th, 1992 by Bonavista Pictures Distribution. It received modest box office success and mostly positive reviews. It is the first Muppets film to be produced by Walt Disney Pictures, whose parent company would later acquire the Muppet franchise in 2004. The budget for the film was $12 million, or roughly $23.5 million today. It seemed like a lot, to be honest. It it doesn't, but when you think, (laughs) what's interesting about this is that um, the money from 1992 roughly translates to about double in today's standards. Like, it's just kind of interesting that the numbers roughly work out that way. And Walt Disney Pictures appeared to have high expectations for the film, being their widest released film of the holiday season and second widest released under the Disney banner that year. However, the film opened in sixth place, initially reported to have collected 5.9 million opening weekend in the box office estimates, which was later revised to 5 million or roughly 9.8 million today. Ultimately, The Muppet Christmas Carol grossed a total of 27.3 million or 53.3 million today in North America. Despite being a modest box office success, the Muppet Christmas Carol did not have a large effect during its theatrical release, having to face competition from Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, and Disney's own Aladdin. So diving into the plot, on Christmas Eve in 19th century London, Charles Dickens, played by Gonzo the Great, 
and his friend Rizzo arrive to act as narrators throughout the film. Ebenezer Scrooge, played by Michael Caine, a cold-hearted, bad-tempered, and selfish moneylender, does not share the merriment of Christmas. So my first note for this scene is that I love this movie. It came out during my childhood, and it is not only one of my favorite Christmas movies, but one of my all-time favorite movies from my childhood. And the song that we hear is called Scrooge and is performed by the cast. And I wrote that I love this song, like I love this movie, but it's not making a playlist for me, but I still gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I will say I don't remember ever watching this before. So we're taking this as my first time watching this. Oh, that's... And I greatly enjoyed it. So yeah. you're, we're getting the first time watcher experience for me for once with yeah, something. We're, we're kind of flipping our uh, Halloween thing where I was watching a lot of those movies for the first time. This this one, I, I'm, I'm going to gush all over this I movie. I watch a lot of traditional Christmas movies. So mm. for me, like, I just don't watch a lot of like the Muppets, like the things that aren't your traditional, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I watch a lot of those things. Well, I, I'm just going to mention... I think Michael Caine is, I have this in my notes, but I'm just going to bring it up here right now. I think that Michael Caine is my favorite Scrooge, that he brings a seriousness and a gravitas that balances well with the Muppet humor. But I do want to mention some honorable mention Scrooges. That would be Patrick Stewart. He made a fantastic Scrooge in his movie. Uh, Kelsey Grammer was also a great Scrooge. And then one that most people would say wouldn't count is Matthew McConaughey. Because while it wasn't a Christmas Carol that they did, have you ever seen the movie Ghosts of Girlfriends Past? I have not. Okay, well, it's a Christmas Carol, but it's set at a wedding instead of during Christmas. Okay. And it's his girlfriend of Christmas Past that visits him, his his secretary, actually, because he's like this rich business guy who never Mm -hmm. wants to get married and blah, blah, blah. And like you're watching the movie, you're like, wait a minute, this is a Christmas carol. And so much so that at the end of the movie, after he goes through the three ghosts, he opens up the window and there's a young boy there and he says, is it Christmas? And the guys, uh, the little boy is like, what are you talking about? It's not Christmas, like it's June or whatever it is. Like, But yeah, so it, I, I, would, I would say that movie also gets an honorable mention from me. But So I won't lie, I'm not a fan of Christmas carol. Oh things in general as it's not my favorite I don't I do however I think I like this movie because it doesn't quite follow the normal plot line like it kind of diverts just enough to like Mm. give me like oh we're not just watching another Christmas carol because that's often how I feel I get I'm not into it though I do I do like Michael Caine Scrooge I think it's it's good it's very I like it better than any of the other ones I've ever seen. So, and I didn't give my score for this song. I love this song. I love all the veggies singing and would die for every veggie singing in this movie, to be honest. (laughs) The veggie puppets are the best puppets. They are good. Cannot tell me otherwise. And I would give it an eight out of 10. Okay. I just want to mention, uh, I think I enjoy A Christmas Carol for the same reason why I like Star Wars because Scrooge and Vader are the same character. You can live a terrible life and then do one good thing at the end of it and you're totally redeemed. Same exact character. Okay. Do you disagree? Okay. I mean, I see where you're going with it, but Listen, okay. we're, I, I want to discuss Star, Star Wars sometime on this podcast. And when we get there, I'm going to have a lot of controversial 
takes Are we covering people. the Book of Boba Fett? Oh, that might be. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. I like we might that. have to do a little unplanned episode of the Book of Boba Fett because does that not come out this week or something soon? It comes out soon, right? Uh, Hawkeye is coming out first. I think after Hawkeye ends is when Boba Fett. I think Boba Fett's coming out in December. I think okay. there's. I think there's only six episodes of Hawkeye. Merry Christmas to us yeah. in December then. Yeah, but I. I also just want to put my final note for this opening part. I enjoyed how we don't see Scrooge's face until the end of the song. He's just this imposing figure walking past everyone. Yeah, while they're singing at him. Very mm-hmm. like Bell going through the village. Yeah, similar vibes. We're You're just right. singing at him. So Scrooge rejects his nephew Fred, played by Stephen McIntosh, his invitation to Christmas dinner, and dismisses two gentlemen, played by Dr. Benson Honeydew and Beaker, uh, who are collecting money for a charity. And he tosses a reef at a carol singing bean bunny i love that little bunny in this movie he's so cute and he's also singing good king wenceslas which is also one of my favorite christmas songs i have my reasons but i don't like bean bunny at all oh very at well all. bean bunny and not one of my favorite from muppets is he not cute in this movie though you don't even feel sympathy for him when he's sh- shivering in when the cold. he's shivering in the cold sure okay. i still don't right. like bean bunny Scrooge's loyal employee, Bob Cratchit, played by Kermit the Frog, and the other bookkeepers, played by Rats, request to take Christmas Day off, since there will be no no business for Scrooge on that day, to which he reluctantly agrees. Scrooge leaves for home while the bookkeepers celebrate Christmas. And here we have the song, One More Sleep Till Christmas, performed by Kermit. And again, I love this song. I'll probably say that every time in this review. And it makes my Christmas playlist 10 out of 10, which I think is the first 10 out of 10 I've given in this series. Probably now that I think about it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I don't like this song. I do like Kermit skating, though. That great. Love the viewing experience of this song. I do not like the actual song, though. Okay. Fair enough. So five out of 10. Wow. I oh, really don't yeah. like I don't like Kermit my, singing. My very heart much, just shattered. Honest. My heart shattered. Oh my god. All right. Let's move on while I'm still breathing. In his house, Scrooge encounters the shackled ghosts of his late business partners, Jacob and Robert Marley, played by Statler and Waldorf, who warn him to repent his wicked ways or be condemned to suffer in the afterlife as they do they inform him that three spirits will visit him during the night and here we have the song marley and marley performed by statler and waldorf i wrote that it's not making my playlist but still a great song eight out of ten seven out of ten for me i do like the song a lot though but i also like statler and waldorf a lot so yeah they're great characters it just comes from that me being like i love you too so much yeah they're kind of like us a little bit. We're, we're heckling these movies and everything, trying to crack jokes. Literally but, what I tell people, I'm like, no, it's just, it's just me roasting movies yeah, that's, in my free time. We should, we should change the name of the podcast to the Statler and Ward, Waldorf podcast. Marley and Marley. This is yeah. the Marley and Marley podcast. Yeah. Maybe for December I'll do that. I don't know. At one o'clock, Scrooge is visited by the childlike ghost of Christmas past, which I'd 
when I was a kid, I didn't realize how creepy looking this ghost is, but watching it in HD now, I was like, oh, that's a really creepy Very looking creepy. thing. I yeah. was so prepared for that. I yeah. was like, oh, this is, the, the go- I do not like, I do yeah. not like. The ghost of Christmas past is way more terrifying in my opinion than the ghost of Christmas future, but let's, let's, we'll get I there. would give the ghost of Christmas future a hug. The ghost yeah. of Christmas past can get far away from me. Yeah. But the ghost of Christmas past, who takes Scrooge back in time to his childhood and early adult life, with Dickens and Rizzo hitching a ride too. They visit his lonely school days and then his time as an employee under Fozzywig. And in the original story, the character's name was Fezziwig, and he is played by Fozzie Bear, so Fozziwig, who owns a rubber chicken factory. I have a few notes here. I love Sam the Eagle as the headmaster of the school and his line about business being the American way. And then Gonzo whispering. That's in his literally ear. the note I have written down. I'm like, yeah, Sam Eagle. Yeah. I love you so much. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. I also want to give credit to Theo Sanders, who plays the child Scrooge and Russell Martin, who plays the adolescent Scrooge. And then at Fozzie Wig's party, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem are the band. So moving right along, Fozzie Wig and his mother throw a Christmas party where Scrooge, played by Raymond Colthard, meets a young girl named Belle, played by Meredith Braun, with whom he falls in love. However, the ghost shows Scrooge how Belle left him after he chose money over her, and a tearful Scrooge dismisses the ghost as he returns to the present. Now, I have a note here about there was a song called When Love is Gone, and it was sung by Belle in this scene. However, uh, Disney Plus has the theatrical version of the film on it, which cuts the song from the film. This was done because test audiences, primarily children, were upset by it. The song is featured in the closing credits, and the scene is available on the home release versions of the film. And I love this song like I love the others, though it is a very sad song, and I give it an 8.5 out of 10. Now, I'm guessing you have no idea about this song because this is your first time. Yeah, no. Um, And honestly, knowing that the song exists makes that scene make more sense because it felt very abrupt to me. Like I was like, man, all these other scenes with Ghosts of Christmas Past were drawn out a lot. This kind of just like happened and then it was over. Right. And like, it felt odd that it was missing something, which just confirms to me there was something in fact missing there, which makes sense now. Yeah. It was cut from the theatrical version, like I said, because the test audiences of children were upset by it. But it's a beautiful song. The girl that sings it does a fantastic job. And you know what? I'll cut this from the podcast so we don't get flagged, but I'll just pull it up for you now. Yeah. No, like I said, I definitely felt like something was missing there. Yeah. It just, it was very, like I said, it was very abrupt. Like there they are talking and they leave and then the screen kind of goes, he's back in his bedroom and it's like, there's something missing there. And we're back. Yeah, because I had to cut all that so we don't get flagged for copyright or whatever. Yeah, after watching that, I, I will give it an 8 out of 10. It was a great song. Uh, but it does make more sense now because I think, like I said, that the entire scene felt this disconnected for me because I'm like, everybody's very sad and like Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem that anything happened there like it was kind of just a well I don't think you love me anymore basically like yeah okay and then cut to and and like cut to everybody being sad and like yeah Yeah. 
Because she doesn't say she's leaving. She says it in song that's not in the movie. Yeah. So that, it makes sense. It was, sorry, I just had to take a second because it was even, even today, hearing that song brings a little tear to my eye. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a beautiful song. I think I said I give it an 8.5 out of 10. And uh, I wish it was on the version on Disney Plus. Evidently, on the home release versions on like the Blu-rays and DVDs, you have to watch the box screen version to get it. Because if you watch the widescreen version, it's cut from that as well. I don't know why, but eh, let's move on. Weird. <laughs> yeah. At two o'clock, Scrooge meets the gigantic Merry Ghost of Christmas Past who shows him the joys and wonders of Christmas Day. And here we have the song, It Feels Like Christmas, sung by the ghost of Christmas past. And this is probably my least favorite, yes, I worded it that way, my least favorite uh, song from the movie, but it's still a seven out of 10 for me. And if it was sung, sung by someone with a better voice, it would make my Christmas playlist. Like I'd, I'd prefer a cover, Not, nothing against the ghost of Christmas present, but yeah. Not the best voice. Yeah, I would give it a 7.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed this song. Yeah. Scrooge and the ghost visit Fred's house, where Scrooge is made fun of for his stinginess and general ill will towards all. Clever way of, you know, the little yes and no game that they play. Yeah. I, I didn't write down all the comedy bits in this, but when Rizzo's eating the wax food in that scene, and he was like, oh yeah, the texture was off. Listen, anything Rizzo does in this entire yeah. movie is great. Yeah, he's he, I think he's the best Muppet character, and this movie's probably the reason why. So Scrooge and the Spirit then visit Bob Cratchit's house, learning his family, which features um, Mrs. Cratchit, played by Miss Piggy, is content with their small dinner. Scrooge also takes pity on Bob's ill son, Tiny Tim, played by Robin the Frog. There's two songs in this scene, the first being a little short one called Christmas Scat, and this is sung by Kermit and Robin. It's just a few lines, but it is listed as a song on the soundtrack. It's fine and nothing special, and it's not going on my playlist. It's a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I guess I would give it like 5 out of 10. It wasn't... Yeah, it's just that little bit that they sing when they're walking back to the house. And then the second song is Bless Us All, and this is sung by Robin and the cast. And I put that it's a great song, though I don't enjoy Robin's voice. I still give it an 8.5 out of 10, and a cover of it would make my Christmas playlist. I do like the song. I did give it an 8 out of 10. Mm. It's a good song. I forgot to mention the whole When Love Is Gone. The whole counter to that was the ending song when love is found. Um, uh, yeah, I'll bring I'll bring it up again when we get to the end. That but, does make extra sense too, which yeah. begs the question why it's not in the Disney Plus version. I don't know. <laughs> so then the ghost of Christmas present abruptly ages, and he comments that Tiny Tim will likely not survive until next Christmas. Scrooge and the ghost go to a cemetery where the ghost fades away. And I liked the bit of the ghost of Christmas present throwing Scrooge's words back in his face about Tiny Tim saying, well, if he's going to die, then let him do it and decrease the surplus population. It's probably... Yeah, when I when he said that, I was like, ooh, yeah. spicy ghost yeah. of Christmas present, spicy for you to say. 
Also, I love that pretty much everybody in the present is like, screw you, Scrooge. Like, even yeah. Piggy is talking bad about him. Oh, yeah. For a while there. Yeah. I We'll get to it, but I love their final confrontation, if you want to call it, at the end of the film. It's uh, so good. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of Miss Piggy, but when they use her character right, she's she's great. So the ghost of Christmas yet to come then approaches Scrooge, appearing as a tall, silent, cloaked figure, and takes Scrooge into the future. Gonzo, and I have my, my note that I wrote down here, Gonzo and Rizzo ditching because they're scared of the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Yeah, they straight up are just like, we'll see you guys at the finale, bye. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excuse me, come back here. Yeah, which... Uh, you know, like I said, the ghost of Christmas past is way more terrifying to look at nowadays than the ghost of Christmas. The ghost of Christmas yet to come is just a big Dementor. Like he's just this cloaked, like I know he's supposed to be deaf. I would hug the Dementor but... looking thing before yeah. I'd hug the ghost of Christmas past. Exactly. Yeah. So Scrooge and the ghost witness a group of businessmen discussing the death of an unnamed colleague, saying that they would only attend the funeral if lunch was provided which I love that the businessmen in this movie are all pigs. Like, it's just, aha, I see what you're doing there. And in a den, Scrooge recognizes his, I guess this is charwoman. I don't really know this word. It's a 19th century word, I guess. But his charwoman, his laundress, and the local undertaker trading several stolen possessions of the deceased to a fence named Old Joe. Anything you want to say about, no? No, not particularly. Okay. The ghost then transports Scrooge to Bob's house, revealing Tiny Tim has died. Scrooge is escorted back to the cemetery, where the ghost points out his own grave, revealing Scrooge as the man who died. Overcome with remorse, Scrooge tearfully vows to change his ways. I, I wrote down here that this part of the movie really hits different the Tiny Tim part is really sad. It actually brought a tear to my eye. And the musical score was done very well for this part. Oh, yeah. I was crying when Tiny Tim dies. And obviously, I knew Tiny Tim dies. <laughs> like, Yeah. That's a staple of these movies. And I'm like, I'm crying over a fact I knew going into this movie. Yeah. Like, that's It's done so well. Like, this, this movie It really is, is. If it's not perfect, it's damn near perfect. Awakening in his bedroom on Christmas Day... Scrooge decides to surprise Bob's family with a turkey dinner and ventures out with Bean, Dickens, Rizzo, and the charity workers to spread happiness and joy around London. So I wrote down here, Beaker giving Scrooge his scarf also brought a tear to my eye. Like, it's just such it a sweet It was a scene. nice touch. Yeah. Like, like I said, I think the problem I have with a lot of the Christmas Carol movies is there's nothing that differentiates them. And this is very like, oh, that was something that's not a typical thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And we have the song here, Thankful Heart, sung by Ebenezer Scrooge. Once again, I love this song as well, though Michael Caine is not a great singer. I do, I, I do generally appreciate him singing it, though. I hate when actors all of a sudden have a totally different singing voice in movies. And a cover version of this song would make my playlist. I didn't give it a score, but I'll say 8 out of 10. Yeah, I would say like a 7 out of 10. Okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it's a good, you know, getting to the end. Like, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're slowly ramping up to the end. Mm-hmm. 
and Scrooge is correcting all of his previous errors. Scrooge goes to the Cratchit house, at first putting on a stern demeanor before revealing he intends to raise Bob's salary and pay off his mortgage. Dickens narrates how Scrooge became a second father to Tiny Tim, who escaped death, and Scrooge, the Cratchits, and the neighborhood celebrate Christmas. And here we have the song finale, which is also called When Love is Found, slash It Feels Like Christmas, and it is sung by the entire cast. So if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times this episode, I love this song and this movie. This was supposed to be the counter to When Love is Gone, and I give it a 10 out of 10. I gave it a nine out of 10. I do like the end of this movie and do like the song. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, I do love that Miss Piggy, Miss Cratchit gets all up in Scrooge's face at the end there. Yes. That confrontation is fantastic. And when she realizes that, like he says, he's going to give him a raise and everything. And she's and like, she's and like, I'm going to, here you go. Yeah. And I'm going to raise you to the, wait, what? <laughs> So I have here the closing credits. They play the song When Love is Gone, and that version is sung by Martina McBride. So moving right along into my overall score. Well, to be honest, I'm not usually prey to nostalgia, but in the case of this movie, I totally am. I cannot say enough how much I love this movie. I go back and forth between this and It's a Wonderful Life as my favorite Christmas movie, but this is easily my favorite Muppets movie, 10 out of 10. Like I said, I had never seen this before. I've also never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. But that's also, my dad hates that movie. So that would be why. That that one is, that one I like the idea necessarily more. I I love um, Jimmy Stewart's portrayal. I love Jimmy Stewart as an actor, but that one's way more boring. But I love the idea behind it. It's such an interesting idea to show how one man's, one person's life can make such a huge difference in everyone else's. But yeah. go on, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting yeah, you. Yeah, I will say I love the Muppets. And I did go into this being kind of wary because like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of Christmas Carol related things. So I was very prepared to not like it just based on that alone. Like I was prepared for that. So I did love it a lot and I would give it a nine out of 10. Okay. Anything else you'd like to highlight or discuss, or should we move right into the outro? No, like I said, again, I would just die for all the veggie puppets. Very With good. like a veggie puppet in that. But you would let, you would let the bunny puppet die <laughs> in the freezing listen, cold. In the freezing listen, cold. <laughs> being bunny is a pain in the Yeah, you're right. I know in other movies, I'm trying to remember specifically which one I wasn't a fan of them, but it's been a long time since I've watched the other Muppet Bean movies. Bunny is why we get in dumb stuff in the stupid Muppets ride at Disney. So Bean Bunny is to blame. Okay. We don't like. All right. We're not a fan. We're coming We're for you, Bean. Fan. We're coming for you. This has been the Once Again Podcast. Any questions, comments, or critiques can be addressed to our email at onceagainpod at gmail.com. Follow us on our social media accounts. Once again, pod, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. If you would like to contribute to the podcast, we have several tiers available on patreon.com slash onceagainpod. As always, a like, follow, or share would be greatly appreciated. We wish you all happy holidays, and remember, we will entertain you. We will always entertain you.